With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of the best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Kumo Majesty 9 Solus TA91. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, and suspension, just to name a few. Everything you need to elevate your drive. You can go to TireRack.com slash Dan. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Seton, what if I told you there's a bacon, then there's number one thick cut, tastes like a touchdown in your mouth bacon? You must be talking about Wright brand bacon because mm-hmm. they are not playing when it comes to the premium quality of their bacon. It's thick cut, hand trimmed, and real would smoke real and you could tell so why settle for average bacon when you can have the real stuff that's right and if you're looking to upgrade any meal any meal try right brand bacon that's called right brand bacon you won't regret it experience bacon the right way thanks for listening to the dan patrick show podcast be sure to catch us live every weekday morning nine until noon eastern six to nine pacific on fox sports radio and you can find us on the iheart radio app at FSR, or stream us live every day at youtube.com slash the Dan Patrick Show. You are listening to the Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. What's the playlist today, Marv? Last day of Marv Madness. So, Uh, just playing the hits. Okay. You had February was your month, then I gave you March is Marv Madness here. We were celebrating black voices. Yes, we were. We should always be celebrating. <laughs> Let me hear that creepy voice again. We were celebrating black voices. Oh, I like it. Yeah. God, God I hate that. Oh, so condescending. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> like, oh, February. It's all you guys. <laughs> yes. Oh, March 1st, Christopher Columbus. I gave you two months. I gave you February and March. And I was employee of the month, both months. Yes, Thank you, you were. <laughs> you got preferential parking. Like, I took care of you, man. I took care of you. Oh, I'm going to give you April if you want it. Oh. If, whoa, 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 whoa. If Connecticut wins the national title, you get April. You control the music in April. Oh, man. Yeah. Who's got it better than you do? Some people. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll get the phone calls coming up. Settle on our poll question. Actually, uh, give me the poll question, and then we'll get to Harold Reynolds, Major League Baseball Network analyst. This weekend, actually going with how much opening day baseball did you watch? A whole lot? I took a peek or none? All right. I watched a whole lot. Let's bring in HR who joins us now. He was uh, in studio yesterday, the two-time All-Star, three-time Gold Glove winner. HR, how would you sum up opening day, opening night, Major League Baseball? I thought it was awesome. First of all, for the first time since 1968, every team played. I, that was the best part of the whole day. Yeah. You know, you remember when we were kids, Dan, that Cincinnati Reds would play at like 11 a.m. Yeah. It was like baseball's here. That's what I felt like yesterday. It was really cool. I uh, railed on this yesterday, being the buzzkill that I am, that you have all <laughs> of these players, you have all these teams, everybody's in action. Why is Shohei Otani hidden in Oakland 
to open up the season. I'm with you. That's just the way the schedule is built. I would have loved to see him be the first guy out the gate, man. He is like something we've never seen. And he transcends the sport, and that's what you need right now. And he had an inning last night. I stayed up and watched him. It was the fifth inning. He got in a little bit of a jam, and he threw three pitches to get out of it. 100, 100, and 101. <laughs> I mean, it was like, and he drove in. He got a base hit that set up their only run that they scored in the game. I mean, it, was, it was fun to watch. But do you believe that he's a $600 million player? Is he a 12-year $600 million? I don't think it's going to be 12 years. I think it might be 10. He's, he's going to get 600-plus. Oh, I, I believe that, and here's why. Because if you watch the WBC, and I know people have argued whatever way they want to, the fact that he had a whole country say it's a holiday, we're in the finals playing in America, and Shohei's playing, and they had 90% of Japan watching. That's every day when he plays. So that's where the money is, the value comes from. You can make the argument hey, you got to pay him for a pitcher and as a DH and all mm -hmm. that, but to me the money comes. What do you draw? And he draws it internationally. But how do you get that money from the international audience? If you're well, a team? I think you got to do a deal if you're a team uh, figuring out how to get his games on TV over there. Okay. And you market him. But how do you keep those two guys? If if you're is is Otani going to mm -hmm. be on the Angels by the end of the year? By the end of the year, I think they're still going to be in the race, so I think they keep him. Do I think he leaves as a free agent? I've always felt that way. I, I don't see what changes it. You know, so I, th I don't know. He, he won't be an angel after this year, I don't believe. But if you were going to say, who can afford him? Well, there's a number of teams that can afford him because of what I just said. You're going to make your money back and then some. He's okay. an incredible investment. But the, the Dodgers don't let him get out of town. I don't think so. I, I mean, the way they operate and Mark Walter's mindset as an owner, but they got another sheriff in town and Steve Cohen in the Mets, and he's going he's gonna to be right there fighting with them. So <laughs> it's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, that money is uh, not off to a rousing start with the Mets. With, uh, oh, man. I mean, all of a sudden you're going to be, I'm going to spend all this money. Well, that guy's on the DL, and that guy's on the DL, and that guy, and that guy, and... Not pretty. Yeah. You know, I talked to Buck Showalter last night. You know, Buck's always, hey, next man up, I'll figure it out. But, uh, I, you know, they got to they gotta survive until they get Verlander will be back probably three or four starts from now. So you get that going. But Diaz is a big blow. Yeah. You know, you're looking at 50 saves at the end of the game. Uh, that's a big blow. I don't know how they replace that. All right, let's recap the rules on opening day and opening night. Okay. And do you think that they're going to be enforced the same way in July? Because sometimes we'll see this in other leagues where they go, we're going to crack down on pass interference. We're going to crack down on holding in the NFL. And then all of a sudden you get late in the season. You're like, wait a minute. I thought you guys were calling holding or pass interference. Will well, these umpires be this strict come July? Well, you, you, you're, you're a wise man, Dan. I think there'll be adjustments along the way, but I do believe – that the clock is the clock. 15 seconds is not going to move to 20. You know, it's not going to move from 20 to 25 at the runner on base. I think those those numbers will stay the same. But we had an incident last night in Miami with the Mets where Pete Alonso's on base. He's running. It's a foul ball. 
<laughs> and McNeil's at the plate. And Pete Alonso takes a while to get back, and, and McNeil gets a strike. Those things like that will be adjusted. That's not in the spirit of the rule. So I think there will be some adjustments along the way, and the players are going to get better too. You know, Pete Alonso played in the WBC. He wasn't around for four weeks. He's just moseying back. <laughs> He'll jog back to the base next time. So I think there's going to be adjustments with the players and umpires. Talking to Harold Reynolds, MLB Network analyst. I don't want to overstate this, and I know this has been overstated before, that these rule changes, this is this commissioner's legacy, in my opinion. Yeah. But it might be the second most important moment in baseball, yet integration, which obviously changed the game. This is a change or changes that were needed. I just don't know how important they're going to be as we look back 10, 15 years from now. What do you think? Oh, I think it's changed the game forever. Okay. You know, I think it's bringing fans back. We're talking about baseball off the top of your show this hour. Not, I mean, it's, it's, it's changed the game. And I think what's going to happen, if you go to a Little League game now, they stand around and just take the time. <laughs> Games were never played at that pace, so they've changed. What happened yesterday, games were cut by almost a half an hour by average. It's the lowest since forever. And then you start looking at stolen bases yesterday, 21 steals yesterday in the games. That hasn't happened since 1907. And Ricky Henderson wasn't even playing then. You know, so, I mean, all these things are happening. And what happens, Dan, you well know this, that being the basketball guy that you are, the shot clock started in the NBA. Next thing you know, you see it in, the, in college. Then you see it in youth basketball. And the same thing is going to happen in baseball. This is going to be a trend that's going to change the whole sport forever. Your expectations for Aaron Judge this year are what? That was cool to see him hit that home run yesterday. Um, he's going to have some competition. I, I think Otani and Trout, they stay healthy. They're going to be on him. And we're going to see three guys chase 60-plus this year. I think Judge Judge is 40 home runs when he wakes up. <laughs> that 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 that's gonna happen. So he's set another standard and another bar now. And I think he's a, a premier 50, 60 homer guy. Always great to talk to you. Thanks for joining us, and uh we'll be watching. All right, my man. Thank Who you, you got you got UConn running this, or you got the three others. UConn. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Who do you have? I got an upset, man. I got Florida Atlantic. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, man. Uh, they're, they're the longest odds right now, according to uh, DraftKings. UConn prohibitive favorite, San Diego State, Miami, and then Florida Atlantic. Yeah. Florida Atlantic puts that pressure on you, man. They press you. They play that D. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Yeah. Uh, All hey, right, bud. Thank you, man. Thank you for having me. All right. Appreciate That's it. Harold Reynolds, Major League Baseball Network. Always ready. He's ready to go. He wakes up ready to talk base. Him and Tim Kirchin. Tim Kirchin, always ready. Oh, by the way, I uh, roughed up Jeff Passan yesterday and some people, I hope you understood that we were having fun. He was talking about how great his hair is. And, and I, Jeff Passan has always been available to us. And I don't, I don't want you to misconstrue anything. I love his passion for the game. And uh, he's always available. And he has a sense of humor. And that's all that was yesterday. That was just friendly banter back and forth. Uh, if, if you heard it and didn't understand the context, <laughs> you're like... What the hell's wrong with Dan Patrick saying I built ESPN? Uh, Chris Berman built ESPN. But I kind of helped with some ladders there, maybe some wallpapering or some paint.
But uh, it built on the, the shoulders of Chris Berman and Bob Lee and Tom Meese, not me. Yes, he did. I mean, you laid some, some bricks there. Some groundwork some there. groundwork, yeah. yeah. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. It's part of the frame. Yeah, yeah. Maybe the addition. Right, like the guest house. Yeah, yeah, I did that. Yeah. Who do you think you are? I know. 18 years at the mothership and you're going to go after my hair? How dare you? There's a lot of things you can say, but don't say that. Paulie was ready to drive up to Bristol, get a, <laughs> take a piece out of Jeff Passan. Uh, let's see. Jeff in California leads us off today. Good morning, Jeff. What's on your mind today? Hey, Dan. How are you? Great. Um, I've been with you since the, the Dibble days, and and uh, I don't know if you recall, I got to meet you with my daughter when uh, we had a bet between the Kings and the Ducks. And uh, on, on a side note, before I get serious for a second, um, the Kings have a doppelganger for Seton in the name of Victor Arvidsson. Look the guy up. I think you'll you'll be blown away by how much he looks like Seton. Okay. Um, but but uh, down to a serious note, you hear from a lot of people about being sick and not being able, you know, to get out and they watch your show and how you guys become family listening to all you guys. And uh, I'm currently going through uh, stage four pancreatic cancer and oh. it's terminal. And I just want to let you guys know how much we out here appreciate you guys as our family in the morning to just talk sports and everything else and keep it light and keep it fun. And you still imagine, manage to do that for someone like me and the others who get sick and have to go through stuff. And I just wanted to thank you guys for everything you do. Well, Jeff, I remember running into you with your daughter, and uh, I'm, I'm glad you're part of the family, and uh, I appreciate that. Usually at a a moment like this is where you end your call by saying, like, suck it back row or, you know, you know the floor is yours, Jeff, if you would like to uh, call somebody out on the program. Well, he's the new guy, so we'll heck of him in a little bit. Suck it, uh, small hands, Marvin. Wow. And, you know, okay. All right. Uh, yeah. Oh, legacy you know. play. Okay. I like it. Thank you, Jeff. All right. We wish you well, okay? This is typically where we jump in and we're like, man, what a buzzkill Jeff was. And then, like, you pile on a little bit yeah yes well by the way jeff nailed it victor arvinson yeah uh, i think he was a care was he a predator now he's on Wait, the no, Kings. No, I mean, don't say he's well, yeah. i think he played for the predators <laughs> yes. hey, there you go yeah, yeah, no accusation he, he looks like seaton he's yeah. a predator i'm a predator for life he yeah. said when he <laughs> what no I'm a, I'm a, i play for the predators so you drove 150 miles yeah. to tell someone not to be he's on the list i saw his name victor arvinson he is he and Seton look like okay, twins. Okay, I'm looking at it. Yeah. That looks like a mugshot. But the hair and the beard is almost exact. Yeah, okay, I get that. Seton, your brown eyes, I think, right? Uh, blue. Bluish, okay. <laughs> Don't it Brown eyes, blue. Oh, Crystal yeah. Gale shout out. Good job. Right. It definitely looks like it could be related to Seton. But who, now, you look like other people, though. James Corden, like you're a little. I would say this is very James Corden. A little thinner James Corden. Slightly. A little. Slightly. Lightly. <laughs> yes, Paul. I'm going to go with Victor, Victor Arvidsson. Not over James Corden. Yes. We no, may have to break this no, down. Seton, is, Seton and James Corden. Uh, Maybe the three of us are brothers, and oh. that's sort of okay. the progression. Mm, okay. Where are you in the progression? <laughs> You're a predator. I'm probably in the, I'm the middle child, I would yeah. imagine. All right, let me take a break. More phone calls coming up. Bryant Gumbel, big-time broadcaster, getting a Lifetime Achievement Award at the Sports Emmys. I wonder if we'll be there. Mm. He gets the Lifetime Achievement Award. And Dame Lillard, 
Um, I don't often say must listen, but I think he reveals some pretty interesting things. When we taped the interview yesterday, what he had to say about when an athlete is loyal or not loyal, um, it's some revealing things to say. And also, we talked about the MVP as well, who would get his vote. That'll be in the final hour of the program. So thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Or stream us live on the Peacock app. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise set several generations after the last installment in which apes are the dominant species. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Did you ever play the over-under game with your friends? You know, think I can eat that slice of pizza in under 30 seconds? Or I don't know. Take over a minute to down a two-liter? Well, if you have, then you're going to love Pick 6. It's the new fantasy game from DraftKings, an official partner of the NBA. Here's how you play it during the playoffs. Pick between two and six players and choose if they will have more or less of a stat. Rebounds, points, assists, and more. Also, you track your picks, play against others for a shot to win at some big cash prizes. Download the new DraftKings Pick 6 app now. Use the promo code DPSHOW for a chance to win huge cash prizes. That's code DPSHOW. Only on DraftKings Pick 6. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18-PLUS in most eligible states. Age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Pick 6 not available in all states, including but not limited to Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date list of states, visit dkng.co slash pick6states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com slash promos. Want to thank our friends at Panini America, the official trading cards and NFTs of the Dan Patrick Show. Panini America has everything you need. A premier collecting experience with the most sought-after NFL and NBA, FIFA, and WNBA trading cards. If you're looking for rookie sensations, they've got that. How about timeless legends? They've got that. Panini America also breaking new ground on NIL, featuring the biggest names. Caitlin Clark's in there. Angel Reese, J.J. McCarthy, Michael Penix Jr., and so many more. If you're into cutting-edge digital collectibles, don't miss Panini's NFT platform at nft.paniniamerica.net. Some of the first opportunities to collect this year's rookie class. Whether you're a collector of physical cards or a digital enthusiast, Panini has you covered. Check out their most popular brands. they got Prism, Select, Donruss, and so many more. And... You got Panini Instant Cards celebrating the biggest sports moments on cards right after they happen, such as Draft Night Instance. Visit PaniniAmerica.net or download the Panini Direct app today. Panini America, the official trading cards and NFTs of the Dan Patrick Show. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my! Look at that! He is! And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win! Unbelievable! When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. 
Intelligence runs in the family. Extraordinary runs in the family. Innovation runs in the family. Not this family. The Mercedes-Benz range of SUVs. Every member waiting to impress. Learn more at MBUSA.com. We get nominated for awards. This guy wins awards. Brian Gumbel, host of HBO's Real Sports and former co-host on Today. He is going to be presented with the Lifetime Achievement Award at this year's Sports Emmys. That'll be coming up in New York City on May 22nd. Brian, good to see you. How many Emmys do you have? Oh, God. I, I don't know. I honestly don't know, Dan. Um, I, I mean, I, I, the shows on which I've worked, um, I'm, I'm going to guess it's close to 58 or something like that. <laughs> Where do you put them? I, I don't. I really don't. That's the truth. Um, I'm, I'm sitting in my home in Florida right now, and I must honestly tell you there's not a one of them here. Um, I, I keep some in New York. Um, I, I, don't, I honestly don't know where most of them are. I really don't. It doesn't, it doesn't mean I'm not appreciative. Just means that I'm not. I'm not real big on. I shouldn't say that. I'm not. I'm not terribly big on awards. I've never been concerned with them. How about you and Bob Costas do like a yard sale? Just put your sports enemies <laughs> out there, because because Bob's got quite a few of them too. Yeah, I know he's got a bunch. I think it just means we're both getting up in years. I mean, as usually happens when you when you when you live long enough, you collect a lot of stuff. What's your first real vivid sports memory? Ah, uh, wow. Real vivid sports memory. I'm going to say um, Chicago Bears 1963 NFL championship at Wrigley Field beat the Giants 14-10. Um, I, I wound up getting tickets to that game because at a Holy Name Society meeting that morning, I'd gone with my dad and Joe Fortunato, if you can believe this, before the championship game, was a guest at a Holy Name Society breakfast. And he had two tickets for anybody who asked a decent question. And I was a kid and I asked something stupid and everybody else was too embarrassed to ask a dumb question. And so I got the tickets and I went to the game. And that's my most vivid memory. Did it change your life? Not really. I, I, I don't think so. I mean, I, I was a kid, I suspect like you, who grew up, you know, not only playing a lot of stuff, but, but when you couldn't go outside, play Stratomatic baseball. I Never love, APBA, always Stratomatic. I love Stratomatic. Yeah, it was good stuff. I was playing Stratomatic when I was at ESPN. You know, Come on, serious? I swear to God. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I no, I gave up on it, I, I think, um, after high school. Um, I, I, I almost gave up on it because I had a friend named John Miller once upon a time who um, we had a league of Stratomatic. And one night I walked by his room and I heard dice rolling and he was giving his guys batting practice. That's what I thought. I really should get out of it. But it helped me. So when you say, hey, what kind of fielder was Rusty Staub? Waves well, a four. Or Ralph Gar wasn't a good fielder. Uh, you know, uh, who would it be? Aurelio Rodriguez would be a one. So it, yeah. it just helped me understand everything about a player. And, I, you know, I just absorbed all that information, whether it was going to be useful also, or not. Also, you, you could also cheat at the margins. Like, like I remember back then, the guy you wanted to put in your lineup all the time was Merrick Renew of the Cubs, who had hit something like 363, but he'd only had like 40 at-bats. And even Joe Torrey, I remember when Joe won a batting title, he had like 362 or something. 363, wasn't it? 363, yeah. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was great. Uh, yeah. Where are we? The state of journalism in sports now is what to you? Um, tough to come by. 
I mean, I you you know you know it as well as I do. I mean, but why? The reality is because because as is the answer with all things in sports, the money. Um, every team house now has a um, a uh, television arm. You have the you know the NBA network, you have the MLB network, um, and so as a result, I think anytime anybody gets in trouble, they can go to that network and expect a softer landing than they would if they had to face either you or me you know, on a neutral site. Um, um, given the opportunity to, to craft their own narrative, um, they're, they're able to, to go on the air there. They're able to, to use social media to get out their version of the truth. And it makes it more difficult for those of us who, who work in this business to try to, to elicit honest answers in an honest form. But also you have the programming now where it's a hot take. Got to have a hot take. And I just, I mean, I'm, I'm a dinosaur. I always say, I'm going to have an informed take or best I can. It might not be a hot take. It might be lukewarm. It may not be warm at all. But, oh my God, if you're a dinosaur, what does that make me? Well, <laughs> you're a pterodactyl too. But, but, but that's how kids are kind of absorbing this business of that's what you need to have. Because for a while, when I was doing SportsCenter, you had to have a catchphrase. Yeah, you right. got to have a catch. Now it's you got to have a hot take. And it leads us, leads us down dangerous paths here. Sure it does. Sure it does. And, and by the way, you know, I don't, I, don't, I don't really blame the athletes. I guess if I were in the spotlight that they're in, I'd be looking for the softest landing possible. I mean, I'd figure, I, why the hell do I need Brian Gumbler or Dan Patrick? You know, I can craft my own narrative. I can put it out on the Players' Tribune. I can go to my, my team's network. If you happen to play for the Yankees or the, you know, um, or any other big market team, um, and you can get a, a, a softer landing than you would in your studio or mine. I mean, they're, they're not dumb. What's the uh, segment or show that you got the most blowback on? Wow, there have been a bunch of them. I mean, whenever we do anything um, transgender, we get a lot of it. Um, whenever we do anything where, um, race or women's rights is, are involved, we get a lot of it. Um, a lot of people, as you know all the time, are, are inclined to say, I don't want any politics in my sports. Well, I, I'm not necessarily sure human rights ever deserves to be called politics. I mean, um, you know, that, that has nothing to do with politics, trying to save a life, trying to make someone's life better. To me, that's devoid of politics. But we live in the world in which we live. Explain to me how the show works from the standpoint of your involvement during a segment, like you send Andrea Kramer out uh -huh. and she does a story on the voice of Hockey Night in America and then comes back. Are you are you involved in what she does prior to it getting back, getting on the air and then her sitting in the studio with you? To a certain extent, every step of the way, um, but varying degrees. Um, you know, yes, um, stories are greenlit um, and every step of the way. Um, if I don't like something, I make it known. But am I micromanaging? No. I mean, I, I've said from the start that I didn't want every piece to look like it was a Bryant Gumbel piece. Um, so I try to make sure that um, all of our producers, who I think the world of, um, have as much free range as possible. There are very few things that I'll step up and go, hey, you know what? That really makes me uncomfortable. We're not going to do that. We're not going to go there. But also... And, and, and and also, by the way, I'll add this too, Dan, show you, we talked about being, being a dinosaur. Um, I've had the fight, and so far I've won the fight for 29 years. Um, I wish I could tell you how many people want 
us to introduce music to our pieces. Um, and, and, and I'm always, I've brought up in an era where once you introduce music, now you're manipulating the audience. Now you're not doing journalism, you're doing movie making. And, and so I, I continue to resist. But I also get the feeling you're acting as a viewer. You're seeing this for the first time and your reaction is in real time. And I don't know if that, if that's by accident or not. No, it is not by accident. It is absolutely true. Um, every correspondent who's ever worked for us will tell you that um, I, I never, ever have a conversation with them about the finished product before we're on air. So they have no idea what I'm going to ask them. And, and, and again, my, my, my questions are really, I'm trying to give voice to what I think the viewer wants to know. Sometimes they're very crass things like, how much does he get paid for doing that? Yes. <laughs> um, does he have a family? Stupid stuff. He's Bryant Gumbel, Real Sports with Bryant Gumbel, and being honored Lifetime Achievement Award this year's Sports Emmys. That'll be in New York City on May 22nd. What do you remember most in the moment about Bird versus Magic in the national title game? Um, I remember looking around and going, wow, this really should be a, I wish this was a larger gymnasium. Um, it was, it was the, it remains, I think, that was the Utah. smallest venue. It was the last small venue, right? I'm going to guess. Yeah, I don't know what that seated, but that was what, Salt Lake City? Yeah, Salt Lake City yeah. in 79. I'm going to guess there couldn't have been more than 14,000 people, if that. You know, um, I, I always try, try to trick people up with this question. Everybody remembers that it was Indiana State, Michigan State. Few people can name the other two teams in that Final Four. DePaul and Princeton. You got it. Or Bob Weinhauer and... And Mark Aguirre, yes. Wait, was it was it DePaul Princeton or DePaul and Penn? DePaul and Penn, Bob Weinar. Okay, okay. Bob Weinar, Penn. All right. And uh, Ray Meyer and, and Mark Aguirre. Yes. Yeah. But did you understand the you know what that was going to mean? Yeah, I you know I, look, I mean, I don't think it took a genius, but yes, I think anybody who who understood basketball and had understood the the allure of these two special players. Uh, would have been an idiot not to not to appreciate the impact and and foresee that they were going to change the the NBA. I mean, if you you recall as well as I did back then, the NBA uh, was not a very popular sport. Um, it, it wasn't a niche sport by any means, but it wasn't as popular as it is today because it was kind of a, a give and go sport. You know, give it to me and go to hell. Um, and these two guys um, made pass first a priority and once they went to the nba they took that kind of magic no pun intended um to the game and and i think changed it enormously and for the better who do you want to sit down with wow what a great question um you know i mean look it's the usual suspects the guys who who are resistant to to doing interviews i'd like to sit with steve cohen um i know him we've 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 had you know We've sat socially, we've had dinners, um, but I'd like to sit down with him with a microphone on. I'd like to sit down with Aaron Rodgers, um, pick his brain. I'd like to sit down with um, Ben Simmons, find out why he really doesn't like basketball. Um, I, I can think of, of quite a few, really. How hard is it to not go in with a preconceived idea when you do an interview? Damn near impossible. Damn near impossible. You know what, Dan, uh, you know as well as I do. That people say, well, you know, you're journalists, you have preconceived notions about everything. And I always say there's, there's no such thing as, as pure objectivity. We are all 
um, products of, of our environment and our experience. And, and I guess the trick to the business is try mightily to not let those um, dictate um, your questions or your opinions of what you're hearing. Um, I, I've always thought that the, the, the thing about interviewing is very, very simple. I've told people over and over again, um, I'm doing, I'm nothing more than there to um, ask questions that I think viewers want to hear, want to hear answers and make you clarify or justify your answer. And that's it. That's it. It's very simple stuff. There's some interviews that stand out. In fact, HBO sent some interviews that you did and, you know, a list of them. And they didn't include Nolan Richardson. And I thought it was one of the best ones you've ever done because you let him talk. And a lot of interviewers don't let people talk. And the questions were open-ended. And, and I tell people a lot of times that and the interview that Andrea Kramer did with uh, the guy who started Bikram. I thought that piece that oh, Andrea yeah. did is one of the best journalistic pieces that I've ever seen in all yeah, of my guy, years. That guy was dangerous. Yes, but she let him show you and tell you that he was dangerous. And I thought what you were getting out of Nolan Richardson was, was great because I felt like I was just listening and you weren't guiding him anywhere. And it just made for a compelling interview. And, that, and that's, a, that's a hard thing to do because we always get in the way of our interviews, it feels like. You're a smart, you're a smart guy, and that's usually what works. You know, my, my trite answer when people always say, you know, who are the good interviews and who are the bad ones? And I always say it's pretty simple. The, the good interview is somebody who has something to say and says it well. The bad one is the, is the guy who has nothing to say and says it poorly. Um, in the case of Nolan Richardson, he had a lot to say, and he said it well. Yeah. I don't need to do anything. Yeah. It's, it's hard for us to get out of our own way. All right, the uh, final question, and I should have led with this. It's the most important question that I'll uh -oh. probably ever ask you. Uh-oh, I feel it in my plums. Go ahead. Right. Are you ready? I want you to tell us what you write down on your pad at the end of every show, Brian. <laughs> Um, you know, I, I get asked it a lot. I, I'm, I'm never going to answer it. Um, a lot of times it's doodling. A lot of times it's things that are going through my head. Sometimes it's a simple thing of a reminder of somebody's name. Okay. Because I'm, I'm sure you've had those where, where you come to the back end of a sentence and you know what word you want to use. It just doesn't go in the file cabinet rapidly enough. Well, I would do that on SportsCenter when I would get done because you're on camera. Well, what do you do on camera? And then I, you know, you have to shuffle your paper. They teach you that yeah. when you get started, shuffle your paper. And then I started writing down something just to kind of mock you. I'm like, well, Brian's doing it. I'm just going to write down something. I, I'm not going to say anything. I might even draw a picture, a phallic symbol yeah. or something. But, you know, I, yeah. I had to do something every night doing SportsCenter for 200 days out of the year. Because your hands are here, right? Yeah, here, yeah. That's the other thing. When they fade to black and your shadow is still there, what are you supposed to do? Just sit there like this? You have to do something. And I also loved tomorrow on today and yeah. postscript. Those are postscript. Yeah. And finally, let's move on. And finally, we're, <laughs> we're all creatures of habit. Yes. And finally, a postscript. Uh, hey, congrats, Brian. Yeah. Hey, thanks very much. Yeah. It's always a pleasure. Yeah. It's good, it's good to see you. Good thanks. to see you healthy, healthy and happy. Keep, uh, how's the golf game, by the way? Actually, you know what's weird? I can't figure this out. I'm coming up on 75 years old, and I'm playing better than I have in the last decade. I can't figure it out. Do you care less, therefore you might play better? Good question. Um, 
No, I, I think I, you know, it's taken me a long time to do this. I think I now understand that the importance of the game is making the score, not how you look doing it <laughs> and, and, and getting your ego out of the way. I think that's, I always thought that was Jordan's problem with baseball. He wanted to look good and, and instead of just, you might not look good, but, but you could still be somewhat successful. But Mike wanted his swing to look really good. But it was really yeah. slow, and you don't know. He could have had a Paul Molitor swing, and and you know, maybe been a decent baseball player. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Look I mean, at the things. Look, look at the pitches Clemente and Barris swung at. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, well, congrats again, and maybe we'll hey, see you. Well, maybe we'll see you there. You know, we get nominated. Like we get nominated. We don't win, but you know. I understand that. If I need to be a seat filler. I'll be right when they go in lifetime achievement. Let's, hey guys, let's practice here. Lifetime achievement award. Thank you, Brian. Thanks, Dan. That's Stay Brian safe. Gumbel. He's getting a lifetime achievement award. Sports Emmys tomorrow and today. That's a that's a career. Yes, it is. Right there. That's, that is a that career and a half. Plus, he had to do morning. I can't. Seaton, we did morning radio. Yeah. Man, do you curse? That alarm goes off, and you hate life. It is. But then once you get in and then you get done and you walk outside, it's like 30, 10 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> you're like, damn, I got the whole day. Having dinner at 3, 4 o'clock. Yeah, getting in bed by 7.30. Your friends are like, hey, man, you want to grab a beer? <laughs> yeah, yeah, what time? 8.30. What are you, crazy? Hey, you want to get, wanna oh, get dinner? Yeah, yeah, what time? I don't know, 4, maybe 4.15. Yeah. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Two NBA insiders podcasting twice a week to plug you right into the NBA grapevine. All happening in only one place. This League Uncut, the new NBA podcast with me, Chris Haynes and me, Mark Stein. Join us as we team up to expound on everything we're covering, hearing, and chasing. Listen to This League Uncut with Chris Haynes and Mark Stein on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise set several generations after the last installment in which apes are the dominant species. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. I want to thank our friends at Panini America, the official trading cards and NFTs of the Dan Patrick Show. Panini America has everything you need a premier collecting experience with the most sought-after NFL and NBA, FIFA, and WNBA trading cards. If you're looking for rookie sensations, they've got that. How about timeless legends? They've got that. Panini America also breaking new ground on NIL, featuring the biggest names, Caitlin Clark's in there, Angel Reese, J.J. McCarthy, Michael Penix Jr., and so many more. If you're into cutting-edge digital collectibles, don't miss Panini's NFT platform at nft.paniniamerica.net. Some of the first opportunities to collect this year's rookie class. Whether you're a collector of physical cards or a digital enthusiast, Panini has you covered. Check out their most popular brands. They got Prism, Select, Donruss, and so many more. And 
You got Panini Instant Cards celebrating the biggest sports moments on cards right after they happen, such as Draft Night Instance. Visit PaniniAmerica.net or download the Panini Direct app today. Panini America, the official trading cards and NFTs of the Dan Patrick Show. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. All right, everybody. Game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You can trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. You know, you get those pieces like there was the hat. There was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what, too, is funny about a battleship. It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find that's not just a household item. Wow, you know I mean? thought about that. Yeah, most people oh, wow. don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you can also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their own unique mini games like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachenko Machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on. You realize that Phil Collins, Peter Gabriel used to be together with Genesis. There's some great albums there. Lamb Lies Down on Broadway. But those two together, then all of a sudden Phil goes and has a solo career. Yes, Paul. I wonder which band produced the most top 10 hits from their members after they'd gone. Like like the Eagles, I bet, have, would have to be up there with the members of the Eagles after they left and went solo. Genesis would be up there. I'm sure John and Paul with the Beatles had a lot with wings and mm. things like that. But I wonder Phil if, Collins had a lot of a, hits. A ton. And Peter Gabriel had a run. Yeah. But Phil Collins, he put up some numbers there after he left the band. Uh you know, George Harrison had uh, some pretty good tunes. You know, imagine that the Beatles are so good or that Paul and John aren't going to let George write any music. And then he writes, what, while my guitar gently weeps. Uh, what else did uh, George write? Seaton? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, man. Yeah, he had a bunch. My Sweet Lord? Mm-hmm. Uh... Concert for Bangladesh. <laughs> he didn't write that. It's <laughs> Paul. What, what, what did Paul write? Or uh, George write? Let's see. I'm looking at a list of the 20 best George Harrison songs okay. of all time. Yes. All right. So, Let me scroll. So, well, wrote and performed, right? Because, well, yeah. But yeah. I think that's going to be different. Oh. Right? Because like he has a, a writing credit on like probably like Hey Jude or something. Oh, yeah. But that's not his song. No, I'm talking right? about him individually. 
Uh, let's see. Yeah, while my guitar gently weeps is a big one. That's a huge one. Something. Here comes the sun. Ooh, that's a banger. Yeah, that's good. Uh, tax man. Mm. My sweet lord. Mm. Yeah, it's pretty good. Within you, without you. I have you anytime. Okay. But the what was the within you, without you? Wasn't that when they went to uh, India? Could be. And the, the sitar, and that kind of changed uh, the, the music. There's a documentary on when the Beatles went to India and they learned the sitar and sitting down with uh, the yogi. Yeah, Revolver is a hell of an album. Yeah. But they, the Beatles did say that they should have made the White Album, and it should have been two albums. And Ringo says it should have been the White Album and the Whiter Album, that they should have made two, you know, because it was a double album. People don't do double albums anymore, do they? Well, they don't do albums anymore. <laughs> um, hey, so Dame Lillard, an interview that I did yesterday, and uh, we got him. He's in his car, and uh, he's being shut down for the rest of the season. And, uh, you, know, he, he, you know what? He does an interview at least one, once every year, and he's always good. And I wanted to talk to him about a variety of things. And uh, I started out by saying nobody plays defense in the NBA anymore, right? I mean, that seems to be a popular thing to say, and then you get out there, and it would be hard for a lot of people to get something done. Do you think I could score on Luka? Uh, probably not. Okay. But the fact that you gave it some thought, because you know Luka doesn't play defense. So I'm going to take that as a I compliment. Mean, it depends on how much effort he was one. <laughs> uh, are you, You're listed as a point guard, aren't you? Yeah. But you're a shooting guard. No, I'm a point guard. Why do we even have designations? Why don't we, like, first team, second team, all NBA, I said to the commissioner, why do you have to have a center on there? Why not the five best players? Because there's a lot of money attached to making first, second, third team. Why are we still doing no, that? I, I definitely think it should be the best five players, not by position. I agree with that. Well, help me out here. I mean, I'm trying to lead the charge here so we can have the five best players. I mean, look, Rudy Gobert's a nice player. He shouldn't be first-team All-NBA or second-team All-NBA because he plays center. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, like you said, it's one of those things because it's um, position-based. You end up having to plug somebody in there even if they're not actually yeah. uh, performing at that level. And then somebody that is might end up missing out on it, so. I definitely think it should be the five best. How much basketball do you watch when you're not playing? I watch a lot. You know, I'm usually, especially on the West Coast, I'm usually, you know, trying to make it home for that first Eastern Conference game that start at 4 o'clock here. Even if it's, you know, two teams that aren't, you know, in the running for anything, I'll still go and watch the game. You know, I think that's why I'm familiar with a lot of players. You know, I just know. You know, just from watching so many games, I watch, I watch every game if I could. Who's your MVP this year? Uh, Joel Embiid. Why? I picked Joel Embiid because he's, you know, I feel like he's been dominant all season long. Uh, his team is winning. I feel like he could have won it uh, one of the last two years, but I think Jokic won it both times. And I just think because he's been, to me, the most dominant player, um, you know, he's been carrying his team. I think you can't 
you have you can't continue to give it to a guy who's won it twice in a row. And especially when you have a guy like this that's performing at the same level or maybe even higher. And he also, you know, didn't get it, you know, one of the last two times when he was at that level. I just think that, ain't, you know, that's not how it should work. And you could give it to Giannis again this year. Yeah, you could. The one thing is that I feel like, like I would choose Embiid over both guys is because with Giannis, as great as he is, you know, he won his he won those back-to-back MVPs, and that doesn't mean he should be able to win it again. But um, when you look at the depth of that of their team, like they just so deep, you know, they're they're gonna win a lot of games. You know, you got guys like Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton and Brooke Lopez, Joe Ingles. I mean, they so deep. Uh, Bobby Portis, they they so deep that they're gonna win games, and that doesn't take the credit away from how great Giannis is. But I just feel like, you know, the the team success factor is going to be played in. So you also have to consider just how how good that team actually is, you know. So um, this year, I would just I would give it to Embiid. I think it's his I think it's his turn. Somebody going to get 90 points in a game. I don't know when, but I can see it happening for sure. Who would be your pick? I would either pick myself or I would pick Steph Curry. See, I wondered about Clay being a guy or Booker. Well, I mean, these guys have had 60, 70. You're there. What would it take? I think they though? I think they're I think they're capable of doing it, you okay. know, Book or or I think Clay would have a harder time because Clay doesn't get to the free throw line. Okay. Yeah, cuz you're going to have to shoot about 20 free throws at least. I mean, you're gonna need some. You're gonna need to shoot a significant amount, and I just don't think he shoots enough free throws. Um, you know, he would. I mean, he could make a lot of threes. I'm sure Clay could get really, really hot for three and make a lot of threes. But I mean, if you think about it, you can make 20 threes and you're still 30 points away. So <laughs> I mean, you're gonna need to get to that line. You're gonna need to get to the rim a little bit. I mean, so I would say Steph. I could see Book. I could see Book possibly doing it as well. Is your season over? Uh, most likely, you. Yeah. Your decision? Uh, I mean, some, I, I wouldn't say it's my decision at all. I think uh, maybe the team protected me from myself. Uh, you know, we've had so much. We've had so many injuries on our team, you know, not just right now, but throughout the season. You got guys who've been banged up that just aren't healthy enough to go out there and, and make a run for it right now. And, um, with me having a few uh, injuries this season with my calf, none serious. And then, my, you know, having to play so many minutes down the stretch because of those injuries that we have now. Calves started to tighten back up on me. Um, not in a way like, you know, something crazy, but just tighten up to where it's almost precautionary, you know, because there is something there and it is tight. I took my ankle, so... It's just like you don't want to be overcompensating, and they know I'm gonna go out there and, and compete, and I'm gonna try to make it happen. Every time that I've that I've had some type of injury like that, kind of get get irritated or aggravated or something like that, um, it's come from just like a heavy load and stress, and just you know going out there and trying to to go above and beyond. So you know, I would say just there is something there, and also them trying to just protect me from protect me from myself as well. 
Why is loyalty sometimes viewed in a negative light? I think because it's something that um, if you're not the person involved, if you're not the person uh, who's living, whatever that loyalty is to or whatever that's about, then it's hard to understand. And I think a lot of people look at my situation and they're like, man, damn being loyal and loyal this and loyal that. And they just kind of throw it around. And I've explained it, you know, I'm not trying to get nobody no loyalty. Um, I don't know. I ain't trying to give no loyalty speech and all that stuff. But that seems to be the way it always get flipped because I get asked about, you know, my situation. But for me, I just have a, I just have a way that I want to get things done for myself, you know, and that doesn't mean that that things could never change. You know, the team could one day just be like, look, we want to see that happen too, but it's not, it's not working out. We don't know. You know, I don't, you know, I never, you never know. Yeah. Um, I just have my stance on what I want to see happen. But I mean, in this, in this business, you just never know. man. But I always go back to KG. KG would be criticized in Minnesota because he was loyal. And I said, it feels like whenever somebody leaves, then you're chasing a ring and, like, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. Well, everybody's chasing the ring. That's what we play for. You know what I mean? But it's like when guys leave a team to go to another team, it's like, oh, he's just chasing rings. And I think how it ends up looking that way is because you move on, you move into a situation, and that situation just might not work out. So when it's not working out, you know, maybe the team is having respect for these guys because of, you know, what they've accomplished and who they are. So they saying, you know, okay, this ain't working out here. What do you want to, you know, let's work together. And they're going to try to find the next best situation that suits them and where they could possibly win. So now it's this guy's chasing rings. So, um, you know, I think you damned if you do, damned if you don't. Yeah. You know, when things change, uh, whether that's in my control or not in my control, then, you know, I'll move from there. But right now, um. You know, people are like, man, it's time to do this. It's time to do that. But everybody that's, that has something to say, they will never have to wake up and be Dame Lillard. You know, they just they'll never have to walk, walk the walk for me. I'll always be the person that has to deal with whatever the pros and cons of my decisions are. So I can't, you know, I can't do things based on what what other people think or whatever the criticism or whatever the chatter is. I got to I got to continue to do me, you know? Yeah. You know, like I said, if if you leave, and you know, or you don't leave, then they go, well, why didn't you want to chase a ring? And then if you stay, why, you know, that, that's why I always You don't go. want to win. He yeah. just want to make money. Yeah. He just this, he just that. But, you know, really, they don't know. It's just, maybe it's just how they, how they feel about themselves. If they were in that position and they made the decision I made, that means this is what I wanted. But really, they don't know. So I got to take it with a grain of salt. Keep fighting the good fight. Good luck in the offseason. Always great to uh, to talk to you, Dame. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it, man. Good to see you. Dame Lillard. So we had that conversation yesterday, and it stayed with me throughout the day. And I'm thinking about how, if you're an athlete, yes, they're well compensated. Do you want to win? How bad do you want to win? Uh, if you stay, will you take less money? Like, loyalty is a tricky word and a dangerous word that we throw it around because – Owners aren't loyal. They're not loyal to us. They can move their franchise. Like, they're not loyal. 
They want their players to be loyal. He wants to win in Portland. And I thought what he brought up about people are projecting how they would feel or how they would act if they were in his position. Like, you got to leave, man. Okay. Now, he makes more money by being in Portland, signing that deal to stay. But it's every, every day. You know, you're not, they're further and further away from the Western Conference. And after a while, I mean, he realizes, is he going to end his career there? I don't think so. Because eventually the team's going to go, you know what? Let's start over. And what can we get for Dame? You get to the point where you're 32 years of age. Okay. Can we get something in return? If we send him to Oklahoma City, let's say. Let me throw out, put him in Dallas. I don't know. Just You can throw it out. What are you going to get in return? And does that make you a better team? And does he want that? Because he said you never know. And you don't. But it's loyalty. And we throw it around a lot. But we expect the player to be loyal. We don't expect coaches and ownership to be loyal. It's Freddie Prinz Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers.